Hey, Polly. Hey, how's it going? Good, good. Welcome back. Thank you. How good was Catfish last week? He's a yeah, god. He's pretty good. He's, he's like a demigod at the very least, but, you know, <laughs> godly. I, I was going to say I'm glad to have someone back, you, you know, that, that knows his super coach. I'm, <laughs> right. I'm joking. I'm joking. Catfish is uh, he's very good. Yeah. But yeah. I am very much glad to have you back. Yeah, well, I I think I make you look good, whereas uh, what? Yeah, he makes me look bad. Well, he, like he know, he's he knows so much. Anyway, forget about it. Let's jump straight in. Team Let's list. Jump straight in. Team list Tuesday. Yeah. It's a big day for Supercoach. Yeah. Let's uh, not muck around. Let's just get straight into it. Storm um, bunnies. Let's do it. Storm bunnies. So, what jumps out at you about this team list? Yeah. So no Dean Iramia. Um, yeah. that some people were hoping for. George Jennings oddly gets gets that wing spot and apparently it's his to lose now. And the suggestion seems to be that that this is actually the preferred um, back line. So Branko might be a, on a little bit of the outer, but we'll see what happens. Remus Smith for about, what, 350 grand or something like that is reasonable value playing outside Hughes. Um, but, and I, I actually rate him, but... Um, but I, I just think there's too many other players to get who are cheaper. Yeah, I've never really kind of rated him as a, as that good a super coach player. And to be honest, have the Storm, maybe Will Chambers is the only one I can remember from the Storm that's ever really been relevant in the centres. Yeah, yeah, on a consistent basis. Curtis Scott, Curtis Scott half the year that okay, yeah. fantastic. So I don't think necessarily being a centre at the Storm is like great, great for super coach. So he's not, he's yeah. not really on my, my radar. But, but being a center of the storm is significantly better than being anything for the Bulldogs. So surely there's, yeah. there's some improvement there. Sure, sure. Um, so the big um, the big news with the storm obviously is like the the injuries to Finnecane and and Grant and what that means for the likes yep. of Christian Welch and Naz and and maybe even Kimikamika. Yeah. And also obviously Brandon Smith. So maybe starting just with Welch, I was I was big on Welch for a while, mm-hmm. but we're, we're sort of hearing different reports about how long Finnegan's going to be out for. Some people are yes. saying he's going to be back around sort of round four, round five now. Others still saying mm-hmm. round seven. If it was round four. seven, I'd be I'd be very interested. But round four, round five, I don't think is enough. I agree. Uh, NRL physio said it looked like a four to six week injury from when it happened. Now it happened what about almost two weeks ago now. So, yeah, he could be back as early as maybe round three. But, yeah, if he... More if likely four or five, but, yeah. More likely four or five. Um, but, yeah, that that may may mean that, that Welch's upside is not is not as great as some people may think. Um, now, w- would he have been your top target in the Storm Pack had uh, Finnecane been out for longer? I think he's the one that benefits the most. Yeah. Right. Now... Naz being named at lock is pretty interesting and like you know he's got great ppm and you know if he can drag sort of 50 minutes then he's very interesting sort of awkwardly mm-hmm. priced but very interesting i yeah i so we spoke about him um over the weekend he was my pick over uh, in the sort of battle between him and brandon smith um because they'd obviously both benefit from that injury and the reason for that was uh, his minutes went up a fair bit from the beginning of the season to the end of the season. I think first six games, he averaged 27 minutes. Last six games of the regular season, he averaged 46 minutes. And I think mm-hmm. it was yeah, about a 36-minute average across the season. The other thing was we were talking a couple of weeks ago about how Craig Bellamy gives some players the right to offload and not others. Mm. Um, there was a bit of an uptick in Nass's offloads uh, during the season last year. In the first half of the season, he only threw five offloads. In the second half of the season, he threw 15. So I don't know if, if those sample sizes are too small to, to read anything into, but he's obviously got, got the size and skill to offload. So so if he got that going, that would help him hugely as well. And, and of course, you mentioned the 1.5 PPM, which is just insane. I can't, I, honestly, I can't see that being sustainable, but, you know, he's obviously got a great... I, yeah. I, I can't see it being sustainable either, but even if he gets 45 minutes a game, um, even with a PPM of one, you know, he's not going to drop, put it that way. He's um, he's a pretty flexible player, um, yes, being a second row, front row, uh, dual position. 
So, yeah, he would have been my pick between him and Brandon Smith, and I can't believe how many people are going Brandon Smith over him. But anyway. Yeah, and Brandon Smith probably only gets like three games, right? Like with Harry Grant coming back yeah. around four, maybe around five. So, And Brandon Smith's when he did play hooker last year, I think he averaged around about 65. So, mm-hmm. sure, there's a bit of upside there, but like it's not that enticing for me. And then there was talk of Tyson Smoothie coming to the team. Now, he's been named in the extended bench. Um, Sounds delicious. He does, doesn't he? No, he got named in the extended reserves. Yeah, so so if he did if he did come on to the interchange, I guess it would be to maybe replace one of those forwards, which then might make a Welch quite interesting. I don't think he'd come on for Nico Hines because Nico Hines covers so many different positions, but maybe. Maybe for Eisenhurst or Chris Lewis or something to give to yeah. give Brandon Smith a spell. I wonder if he's as good looking as Nico Hines. <laughs> It'd be interesting to see if Brandon Smith plays eighty if with if, if Smoothie's not in the team. Um, yes, but anyway, even still, it's such a short period of time. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really see a huge upside with Brandon Smith, so I'm not going there. Yep. Um, all right, trying to move on to bunnies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Pretty much, oh, well, I mean, the big thing in the Bunnies lineup is Jack, Jacob Host getting the um, the left uh, back row position over yep. KK. Yep. Which is a bit sad. Are you, have you got any any interest in Mr. Host? Zero. Like having having watched him play for the Dragons quite intently over the last few years, he's just he's just a guy. He's fine, but um, <laughs> he's not gonna he's not gonna have he's not gonna have great PPM. He might share that position with um, Kaloma Tangi, who's a better player anyway. You'd think Jaden Stewart would likely get get the eighty minutes, um, or even you know someone like Jairo might come on come on to um, come on into the middle and shift Murray out, you know, out to the edge for a little bit. Who knows? I don't think there's anyone in this team worth having a strong look at. Uh, well, th- th- there's not really many surprises. That's all. Yeah, yeah, there's not many surprises. I mean, obviously, Cody Walker, Latrell Mitchell. I haven't talked about either of those two in, in detail. We haven't talked about them in detail. They're obviously, like, mm-hmm. pretty good picks, right? Like, you know, they, they the Bunnies do have a tough draw, but, like, you know, either of those two could go off at the beginning. They looked very good in the trial. I can't fault anyone to that picks them. I'm terrified of not having Cody Walker in particular, but I... I'm not going to start with him because of the draw. Um, and I don't, I don't necessarily see huge amount of upside on their averages over the, the course of the season. So I'll be more looking to pick them up when the time is right. Yep. Yep. Okay. Uh, Knights Bulldogs. All right. So the back line is pretty much as expected. I was hoping that that English guy would get would get a run because um, he looked really, really good. But um, English guy. Which English guy? Uh, Dom Young. Oh, yes, yes, yes. But no, yeah. alas. But no. So Connor Watson, as expected, named at lock. The starting 13 looks fantastic. The The bench is okay. It doesn't look great. I, do, I think this is, a, this is a strong team, but not a deep team. You really think the starting 13 looks fantastic? I think that back, back line looks average as shit. I actually rate everybody in that back line besides Shibasaki. Only one I rate in that back line is Bradman Best. The rest okay. of it's pretty average but anyway i know you've got big wraps on on particularly super coach wraps on Jaden braley that's right he's in my team right you're expecting him to play 80 uh, i am i am and i'll talk about him a little bit later as well in detail okay okay we'll leave that there for the moment but yeah mm-hmm. look that interchange it looks like he he will get 80 but i'm a little bit worried about what happens when uh mr blake green gets back mm-hmm. bulldogs what have we got here i mean people would have been sweating on jake Averillo getting named at six or yep. just be named back from injury at all, really, and and he's mm-hmm. there. Nothing really in the in the backs. Although Will Hopawade has has been a premium center for forever. He's so cheap this year, so cheap. Surely I don't know. Like he, he's gonna he's not gonna be in my in my starting team, but he's really gonna be somebody I have to keep an eye on because he's got the pedigree. I I have no interest in Will Hopawade in the centers. Didn't he have him last year? Yeah, when he moved oh, when well, he was playing fullback, but yeah, yeah. I talked about Jack, Jack Hetherington a bit with uh, with Wilford last week. I have no interest in Jack Hetherington whatsoever. 
Do you have more um, interest in Ofahiki Ogden? How much is Ogden? I haven't actually looked at him at any point. Two, 243. Oh, that is interesting. I have, like, honestly, until he got named to start, I hadn't even thought about him. Hmm. They've got, uh, who's the English guy? Luke Thompson. He's got to come back, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, he's got to come back. Some, like, Dylan Napa's on the bench, I think, because he's yeah. coming back from injury. Yeah. So maybe it's only for one game and then mm-hmm. Napa gets the starting spot back. Yeah, so, yeah, okay. keep an eye on, maybe. Yep, and this this back row, there's a little bit of uh, musical chairs going on here. So Adam Elliott has moved from lock out to the edge, and Josh Jackson has moved into lock. Does mm-hmm. that make either interesting to you? No. no. Neither. Good. Adam Elliott was getting big minutes at lock, yeah. and and on the edge yeah. he'll have a lower PPM. Josh ja- Josh Jackson is just too old. You know he'll have better PPM at lock, but it, I'm just not interested in him. Yep, and Corey Waddell. Corey Waddell gets that starting 12. I like him as a player. Uh, Me too. a little, little too expensive, and there's like there's Vitala Mariner on the bench. Yeah. So, you know, how long until Vitala Mariner is starting again? Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. Let's move on to Broncos versus Eels. So I think, just, just as an aside, I feel like the Broncos will go worse this year than they did last year. That team that they put up looks like a disaster to me. Yeah, um, it's gross. I, so, so will Brodiecroft play on the the right hand side? Uh, yeah. Apparently, Mills been Mills always played on the left, but apparently he's going to be roaming a lot more this year now. We'll, you know. We'll but what see. about in defence? Uh, yeah, in defence, you'd think Brodiecroft on the right, Milk on the left. Croft even played on the right in Melbourne as well. They're kind of equally bad in a way, but um, in defence anyway. But like you got Brody Croft next to, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be Jordan Ricky on the right, who's like mm-hmm. a he's a rookie back rower, next yep. to Tetney, who mm-hmm. has looked at times in the trials completely lost in defence. Yeah, and then and then Xavier Coates, I think, will be the right hand winger. Yeah, that they're they're going up against the strong Eels left hand side. Mm-hmm. That could be a bloodbath. Sevo, Gutherson, yeah. friend of Ryan Madison, Madison probably scored two tries. Yeah, they, yeah, that doesn't look very good. Hmm. Um, but anyway, in terms of like, 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 I think you've probably got to pick Tessie if he's starting in the centres right at that price. I think everyone yeah, will you have, have him. to. Would you look at David Mead? I actually looked at him. He's got some terrible super coach history, like some absolutely. He's been around. Back. He's been around too long. Yeah, even when he was like in his prime at the Titans, he was still pretty bad super coach player. Yeah, yeah. Isaaco is certainly interesting, and he's probably one that we should talk about later on when we when we talk about the centers. So we will do that. In terms of like surprise kicks, there's nothing really there that's that surprising for the for the Broncos. We already knew DPJ was probably moving into the middle. Um, yeah, it's been named a prop with Carrigan at lock, but that doesn't really mean anything. Um, but that. That bench is pretty interesting. So Flegler and Bullimore are, are, the, are obviously the prop replacements. Asiata, I guess, is a utility, maybe a forward utility or even a, to cover half. I think Asiata will come on at lock. Yeah, okay. All right, um, so you don't think Carrigan will play Eddie? No. Okay. Asiata then, will come on at lock. The other two are props, and Bentio yeah. will give probably either Ricky or Glenn or both a spell. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Be interesting to see who he does spell because if Ricky doesn't play eighty, he becomes more questionable in starting every week. Very much so. Yeah. Um, like I think at that price, two seventy seven k, everyone should still have Ricky, even if he's only playing fifty or sixty minutes. But he'll be less playable week to uh-huh. week. Uh-huh. A lot of people have Matthew Lodge, three middles. I don't know. I uh-huh. talked about Lodge last week. I I, I have very little yeah. interest in Matthew Lodge. Me too. Jake Turpin looks like he's getting eighty in that side. He does. What's he does, but the high threes. So there's there's better options, I think. Yeah, you probably go Braley ahead of him, but still, it's kind of interesting. Yeah. He's got a super mm-hmm. coach friendly ish game. Yep. All right, Eels. Eels. So obviously, Tom Opacic is replacing Michael Jennings, um, but he's yeah he's it's awkwardly he's priced. Just like, and... He, yeah, and and not not really great, not really great player. What else do you like in this team? 
Well, yeah. I'll tell you what I don't like. I don't like that bench. But if I was a junior Paulo owner, I would like it. Yeah. Yeah. What was Brad Arthur doing last year? He let Kane Evans and Daniel Alvaro go, who are like never superstars, but decent NRL level props. He just let them go. Yeah. And yeah. he's replaced them with Isaiah Papali'i and Keegan Hipgrave, who are like reserve grade back rowers, and he's playing them as middles. I don't mind Papali'i. Hipgrave's. Yeah, Hipgrave's rubbish. But so yeah. for me, yeah. they've basically got one prop on the bench who's Kafusi, and then they've got two mm-hmm. kind of. I suppose Papali will play. Well, he'll play middle. He'll play a bit, a bit at thirteen when Brown comes off, and maybe a bit of prop. Mm-hmm. I don't know where Hipgrave fits in really. Mm-hmm. But what and I do know Will is Smith's that, injury cover. Oh, uh, Will Smith will get a run at at nine, I think. Oh yeah, so injury okay. cover so and Marnie yeah, not playing Eddie. Yeah, okay. I don't think so. Which is different to last year, right? Like they pretty much yep. always had a four forward bench last year. That's so, right. You know, we heard these rumors about Junior Paul playing sixty five minutes. That mm-hmm. bench tells me he will. You know, he could even play seventy minutes with that bench. So Junior Paul with that bench is like, I'm like fifty fifty between him and um, Takeaho now. Okay. Takeaho getting the kicking is like more certain than what Paulo's minutes will be, but yes, but I'll be looking at Paulo very carefully. So Paulo was obviously a fringe keeper last season, as he was, and that was, I believe, a fifty-four minute average. Um, Fifty-three, yeah. And you know he scored zero tries last year. Yeah. So if he imagine he gets seventy yeah. minutes, I mean, I think his PPM will come off a little bit, but even still. Sure, as long as he's saying those offloads. My only worry with him is that the game is going to be so fast that, like, very quickly it'll become clear that he shouldn't be playing 65 or 70 minutes, and then he's sure. But don't you think? Sure, but that's his that's his base at the very least. Even if he gets a 10 percent bump, even if he only gets up to 58 minutes, he's he's an out and out keeper. He'll be about 630 thousand dollars. Yeah, I just can't fit him in. I've got Mm. Tino and and um. TKO up there and like who do you drop yeah. out of those two? Yeah, fair enough. The only thing I can think of is dropping someone like Matto and putting Tino down and then playing Paulo at prop. That's but, exactly what I got. But we just talked about Matto running at that Broncos like shitty yeah. defense. And I think Matto's gonna score like hundred and fifty. Maybe. I don't actually think that, but I'm be terrified not to have Matto for that first game. Yeah, fair enough. Anyway, I might I might actually do that after a couple of games. If Matto's if his base is down a bit. Uh-huh. I might think about moving him to Paulo. Yep. We'll see. Yep. All right. Uh, whereas Titans, so I guess I guess the, what we've got to talk about is in the forwards. So first of all, Wade Egan is named. So he's come back from his injury and he's expected to play. Well, they were touting him as an 80-minute player. We'll see if Jazz um, replaces him partially or not. Um, but, yeah, so he's back. Um, Tanoa Brown's starting. That doesn't mean too much though. I guess what people were, were banking on that didn't happen is Josh Curran. So he got named in the extended bench and people were expecting him to actually get named in the wrong side. So that's a bit of a letdown. People have had to sort of move their teams around a little bit. And Katoa and Bailey Sirenen are the starting back rowers. Um, having been a Bailey Sirenen owner last year, I've got no interest. Yeah, I don't have any interest in Bailey. Katoa is a good young player, but he's probably pretty mm-hmm. close to full priced. Um, mm-hmm. And BMM is is unplayable from that bench. He's he's yeah. I don't yeah, know, like based based on his Super League stats or Super League PPM. I, yeah, I think he's an avoid. Yeah, completely agree. Even if he was starting, I'd be avoiding him. To yeah, he'd have to be playing eighty, and there was no guarantees he was ever going to play eighty. Uh, Fanua mm-hmm. Blake. Someone said something mm-hmm. very interesting. It was probably actually on one of the podcasts that that yep. said Nathan Brown, the coach, was the guy that mm-hmm. turned Clemmer into a sixty-plus minute player. Yep. Could he do the same with Fanil Blake? Okay. It's kind of interesting. I think they've Maybe. got too many good forwards to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting that old mate didn't get a run. Now that I look at it, um, uh, Kane Evans. Kane Evans isn't getting a run. But they've still got yeah. two. They've got two props on the bench with Lisa Armour and Bunty. Mm-hmm. And Jazz is another middle. It's a four forward bench. Doesn't strike yep. me as AFB getting huge minutes. No, no, absolutely not. Uh, okay, the 
the Gold Coast Titans, the hype team of 2021. They are the hype team. And you know what? I just watched the, the doco. Have you seen this? No. Uh, yeah, I know about it. I haven't seen it, though. It's got me all hyped up about the Titans, I have to say. It's done quite well. Okay. Uh-huh. I've How been many on Titans Brian... do you have in your team? Well, I've been in, on Brian Kelly from the beginning. Mm-hmm. He's... We'll talk about him a bit more later, but his um, base plus power towards the end of last season was incredible. I've got Tino now. I, I was off on Tino all of the off season, but after seeing him in the trial, I've got I'm back on. Mm-hmm. Um, it's only those two. Okay, it's only those two. Yeah, I've I've got those two plus Fogarty. Fogarty, yeah. I mean, Catfish and I talked about Fogarty last week, and yeah. I, I'm in agreement. Yeah. He's a good option. I just um I'm going for the NPR at halfback mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. reserve halfback. The guy that that the that the doco got me excited about was Brimson AJ. Oh, yeah. He's so good. He's so, He's so good. good. If, so you're starting with Kelly? I am starting with Kelly, yeah. Okay, so uh, am I. Uh, obviously got Pappenhausen. And, uh, no, but I think I think if I had Kelly and Brimson got injured, I would sell Kelly. I think that's how reliant they are on each other. I was just watching some, some of... Yeah, I was watching some of Kelly's highlights from last year and AJ was everywhere in him. Really? I feel like Kelly yeah. just makes a lot of his own stats. Like, just runs he the ball did. and tackle he, blast, tackle blast. He did, but a lot of it was, there was like a lot of line breaking off each other. Like, not just one way, but yeah, Kelly back on the inside to Brimson or Brimson out to Kelly. So, were there any surprises in this team? Not, not really. really. Right. Not Looking really. At it, it's pretty much as, as we would have expected it to be. We're all assuming that Fogarty's going to get the kicking. He kicked in the trial. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, Ash Taylor was coming off a leg injury, so mm-hmm. I'm throw it out there. There is some chance that he could lose it, but it doesn't look like it at the moment. I'd probably have, if I was a coach, I'd have Fogarty kicking over Taylor. He just seems like he's got a more level head. Yeah, there's that, and uh, we were also discussing off mic. Neither of us have David Fafida in our teams, and him running outside Fogarty makes Fogarty a bit of a hedge uh, against true. Fafida. That's true. Sorry. Play, plays round 13 as well. Um, so if he's your backup to Cleary, then you definitely have a halfback for round 13. I was running the numbers on Fafita. He scored four tries in nine games last year. Mm. Now, we've done some statistics on back rowers before, and over a full season, mm-hmm. average like scoring 10 or more tries for a back rower over the course of a season is like basically unheard of. Yep. Ludicrous. Um, yep. So four, four from nine is about... You know, it's almost equivalent to 10 from 24 yes. or something like that. Yep. Mm-hmm. He doesn't really have much upside. Like, he might come out of the blocks really fast and score, I don't know, four or five tries from his first, from his first six games and you'd get, like, a slight uptick. Mm-hmm. Like, I just don't see... He, he will have to have be absolutely slaying them to to really get a bump. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Like, he's he's got... a. Tiny bit of upside to me, but not 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 a heap. Not worth starting the season with. I don't think so. I don't think so. They do have that really good draw. Like I think yes. he's going to be a leader in that team, but you know the combinations might not quite be there yet. Mm. Mm. He's going to have to score a shitload of tries yep. to be worth it. Yep. All right, let's okay. move on. Roosters uh, versus Manly. So. Lucky Lamb gets his job as expected. Um, Lindsay Collins starting over JWH. What do you make of that? Really mean much. I, I just think JWH is getting a bit old, and they might want to use him to sort of keep the intensity up in the middle of the game. I'm not sure whether that's somehow associated with potentially Takeahu when Takeahu comes off the field. And the interesting, actually, inter- the interesting one for me there is Adam Kieran. Does Adam Kieran come on? and kick over Teddy whilst TK is off the field. I don't think Kieran's going to play much. But, yeah, it's possible. Yeah, he might get replaced by Verils next week or something. I think he's going to, yeah, he's going to get replaced by Verils as soon as Verils comes back, I think. And the other thing is he's just like, he's basically in case of injury. Yeah. He's like a utility that will come on yep. if someone gets injured. He might get five minutes a game if, if there's no injury. Um, but you're right. Okay. I hadn't thought of that. I hadn't thought of that. Um, yeah. The rest of the bench is pretty much of a middles bench, though. There's so, so for 
those that, of us that have Tupanua, um, he looks pretty safe there for 80. Yeah, absolutely. Can't see Tupanua not playing 80 minutes. Love Tupanua. Mm-hmm. Manly. Dylan Walker. Manly. Dylan Walker gets the fullback spot. Avoid. Avoid, avoid, avoid. So Dylan Walker is one of those guys who's he had some good years where he was just super fast and powerful and he was just like running around and through people. And he hasn't looked yes. that good for a long time. And I'm not sure that not moving since to like fullback, 2017. Yeah, I'm not sure that moving to fullback helps him that yeah. much. He'll he'll be more involved. He'll probably make some money, but mm-hmm. you know, I see a sort of forty five average in his future. Even yeah, fullback. Yeah, me too. Me too. I cannot believe that Brad Parker got a job over Morgan Harper. Yeah, it's surprising, isn't it? Even in the centers, like Morgan Harper yeah. is so much better player than Brad Parker. Mm-hmm. Jason Saab gets the run on the wing, which is mm-hmm. good news for super coaches. Mm-hmm. He's a nice cheap option and he's certainly on my side. Yep. Yep, me uh, too. Um, yeah, just he's just cheap enough. I, I think I, his base stats are not great from memory, but um, and Manly might struggle a fair bit. But you know, if he, if you can lock down that position and maybe hold on until when Teddy comes back, then he can start getting some attacking stats. So I've heard that he's the quickest at the club. Apparently, yeah, he's like lightning quick. So surely yeah. he'll score some tries at some point. But I won't be like particularly with their bad draw. I won't be playing him very often if at all. Like, who's he scoring tries off? It's not Brad Parker, and it's and it's not Dylan Walker. Dylan Walker's not throwing any cutouts. Maybe, maybe Kieran Foran? I don't know. Yeah, that's fair enough. Bad news for super coaches is that Andrew Davey is on the bench, and Jack Bidjewski got the uh, the starting left back row spot. Yeah, so you think they'd share that position because Syria will play 80. So, again, sort of yeah. an avoid on both of those guys. Yeah. Um, so... Lachlan Croker, so Cade Cust, um, even though they said he was going to be back from injury, he hasn't been named. Tavita Funa, who's, a, who's back, has been named on, on the bench. What do you think that means for Croker? I, that is a great question. I guess he plays 80, which seems ridiculous to me, but I guess he plays 80. And he, he's cheap, isn't he? Like 250 He is cheap. Um, yeah, 242. 242. Maybe Cust. Maybe Cast is back next week, but who knows? I think Cast will be back quickly, and I think they'll start sharing that spot. And to be honest, I think Croker will be benched before long, so it might be a kind of mirage. I think it's. I think he's a bit of a trap. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a shame they couldn't find a a spot for Josh Schuster because that guy is fantastic. He's great. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if Schuster came into fourteen. Mm. To be, you know. Yep. Yep, that would make sense. All right. Yep. All right. So Panthers, Panthers Cowboys, Kirk Capel gets a start, which we had heard might be a possibility. So you think you'd say Capewell and Kikau and Martin basically just rotate um, across those edge positions. Maybe they get, you know, 60, 60, 40 or something like that. Um, yeah. yeah. And I think- Martin. So I, I watched a lot of a lot of Panthers highlights from last year over the weekend. Liam Martin was everywhere, everywhere. <laughs> like I cannot believe that guy doesn't make the Royal team. But but uh, yeah, this team looks very strong still. Very very right. strong. They were they. I know that everyone was like talking up the bunnies mm-hmm. in the trials and preseason, but I think the Panthers by far looked the most impressive to me. They just are a well-oiled, very slick machine. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows their role. They roll up the middle. They're going to put some big scores. And I like looking at this back line from the Cowboys with the Hammer and Masters in the centres. Oh boy! I, yeah. look, Staines and Toto could both get doubles in this game. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And then yeah, so so Tyrone May on the bench. Um, Momorowski for about $380,000 is actually quite interesting. You think he maybe even gets the kicking in round 13 if he's hanging around till then? I guess the only question is what happens um, with Brett Naden and does he push for that position? Naden is a really good player. Yeah. I think Naden is an underrated player. He's absolutely, actually a bit of a gun. 
yeah, yeah. So, yeah no, but I we'll agree. see if, if Momorowski plays well. He, he, you know, he might he might hold that spot. Mm-hmm. Um, no other real surprises in in the Panthers team. No. The big news for the Cowboys is that Holmes didn't get the fullback spot. Yes. And basically, I think that means you got to draw a line for to him at five hundred twenty k. Yes, as as well. Besides that, he might even lose the kicking to Clifford. Oh, to Clifford, yeah, that's true too. So, yep, get rid of him, which is kind of good for me because he was one guy that I was sort of a bit worried about not having. Yep. Um, I didn't for some reason I didn't like him even at fullback, but and he was never in my team. But I, he was one of those guys I was like, feel a bit uncomfortable not having him. Mm-hmm. No other real surprises. Mitchell Dunn gets one of the back row spots, which is. Neither here nor there. Yeah, so Tom Gilbert may be back in three or four weeks and he might threaten there. Um, Peter Holler was somebody else that people were touting for maybe an edge spot. So there might be a little bit of competition there. but Nowhere to be seen, Mr. Holler. Yeah. All right, Raiders. Um, so Jared Croker's not back yet. So Sebastian Chris gets the spot. Um, maybe for one week. Yep. Probably for one or two weeks. So you wouldn't really go there. Mm-hmm. So probably the biggest news for Supercoach is that Ryan James got this got a bench uh, prop spot. Yeah, and he's well priced around two hundred forty thousand second row, front row dual position. Uh, after he, after the team list, after this team list came out, he came into my team for a little bit, and then I just started thinking, what happens when uh, Corey Horsberg returns to this team, and and who will make way? And I feel like it might be Ryan James. Yeah, look, I think it's between him and Ryan Sutton. Yep. Um, and then you've got CHN to come back as well. That's right. So absolutely, I think there's massive job security problems for him. Mm-hmm. But there's no one else in that price range really, right? Uh, like, have to go up to Fui really, who's about 20K more expensive. Yeah. No one else in the in the back row at least. So there's some prop options. Yes. But in the, in the second row and forward slots, in those cheap slots, there's basically nothing. No. So he hasn't been in my team all year. I don't want him, mm-hmm. but I can't afford to be my owner, and mm-hmm. I think I'm going to have to pick him. Mm. I mean, the the good thing is that he's always had a high PPM. Yes. So he only really needs 35 minutes probably to make a bit of money, and he does have a habit of falling over the line. Mm-hmm. However, and he's coming off two near instructions. Yeah, and he was, he was the big dog at the Titans, whereas now he's like, you know, not the big dog. So, yep. oh look, I don't love it, but I just. How does Dynamis Louis make this starting team? Yeah, I've never rated Dynamis Louis. But... Neither. Anyway, um, any interest for Tapanay? Uh there's just a lot of competition. It's a, like again, it's yeah. like a four forward bench basically. Um, Havili yeah. can play a little bit of hooker, but like he'll also play probably a bit of lock, or or, mm-hmm. or Hodgson might go to lock for a bit. If he gets sixty plus minutes at lock, then yeah, he's just he's sort of priced right below that like real gun second rower price, and I'm not confident that his base is going to quite be good enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what about I agree. you? You agree? Uh, yeah, yeah, no interest for me. He's, he's a little bit too expensive. Hudson Young um, would be interesting if CHN wasn't coming back. Yeah, yeah, and even even Horsberg might might throw in Hudson Young's position as well. Uh, okay, and then Tigers. So Dame Laurie named fullback. At least one thing went right. Yeah, yeah. Although that mean that means that Simpkin didn't get his shot. That's true. That's true. Simpkin's nowhere. Um, Not even in the the, the twenty one. Yeah. Yeah. So what I think is going to happen is that Moses Mbai will go to fourteen. Yes. Uh, next week when Adam Dewey is back. Yes. So yeah, there's that. Yeah, Jimmy Jett is, is there. We'll talk about him a bit later. Um, there's nothing else really that... I mean, the very popular Stefano Utokamino. Mm-hmm. That was completely wrong. How do you say it? I thought it was Utoya Kamanu. Utoya Kamanu. Okay, yeah, that's pretty good. Look, he's there. I have questions about his job security, as, as we talked about last week, but... There's so few options at that price. You almost have yeah. To I think you just got to take him and hope for the best. And look, he's you know off the limited minutes he did play for Parramatta last year. His PPM was fantastic. So if you can jag even 
25, 30 minutes, he, you know, he'll be a very slow burn, but may still be worthwhile. Yep. Yep. All right. Uh, Dragons? Dragons. So Cody Ramsey named on one wing, which I think is the correct move. He's pretty expensive though, $350,000. Again, the forwards are more interesting here. So Blake Laurie named to start next to Paul Vaughan in the front row. Josh Kerr somehow insanely named on the edge like he was in the charity shield. Um, surely, yeah, surely that's not for the full game and he might kick inside. Now, the more interesting thing is uh, Fui Maono named in the starting lock position. And that makes him very interesting um, at $259,000. It does. It does. I don't think he's going to play big minutes. I think he probably gets like 40 to 50 minutes. I think he might not. Look, I think he might play 30 to 40 minutes there and might kick out to the edge for another 20 or 30 minutes. Yeah, that's possible too. The The problem I have is that when Josh Kerr gets horribly exposed for not being a back roller, yeah. and, and like I rate him as a prop, but he's just mm-hmm. not a back roller, mm-hmm. um, then then what happens? Fuimono goes back to back to the back row, Kerr goes back well, to prop, fine. Barry goes back to lock, right? Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, like, Fuima Ono has never really been particularly super coach relevant. His PPM's pretty bad on the edge. So, like, there's not a lot of options. I can see why people are going to get him, but I, I, I still think it could be a bit of a trap. From memory, last year he was actually a second row center switchy, but he isn't anymore. He's just a second row now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. And then an- another cheap option for Asa from Silly. Um, Named on the bench, he's only about $232,000, so he may be a consideration. Daniel Alvaro as well, um, always had a high PPM at the Eels. So uh, if, again, if he gets the minutes, he might be interesting. But Laurie and Vaughan are, are, are big minute idols, so so I'm not sure I'm not sure what the leftovers will be for those guys. I can't imagine they get more than 30 minutes each. Yeah. So, yeah. Like I could make an argument that that Famasili might be a slightly better option than um, Stefano, but he's forty k more expensive, so you'd have to mm-hmm. you'd have a spare forty k lying around to, to to think about that. That's right. That's right. Um, now on the shark, so Kennedy beats out Tracy to that fullback role, which was as expected. Matt Moylan, who features in a lot of teams, is obviously named the five eighth, um, while uh, SJ's out. Uh, who and, plays? Who plays right and who plays left? So between Moylan and the Chad, and Chad's always played left, right? Chad's always played left. I have a feeling that he was going to go to the right. Where did I hear that? Maybe it was in an interview with him. I can't quite remember. Um, regardless, he'll be kicking as well. Yeah, I'm just thinking like, how can I load up on someone that's playing against Josh Kerr? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> um, you just think there's points on offer there, but unfortunately the Sharks don't look like the team that's going to necessarily put lots of points on. No, uh, no, they don't. So obviously Talakai needs to come back into this team, so they'll probably have to find a position for him somewhere. Um, the bench Fida doesn't make does, the seventeen. Yeah, Fida doesn't make the seventeen. Like it's this is actually quite a, yeah quite a deep team. It's just. So they've got a couple of other guys that are due to come back as well. Um, yeah, Royce Hunt's due to come back. So I wouldn't be picking Billy McGullius, even though he's another one of those sort of 230k cheapy, cheapy options. Because yep. I feel like Billy might might lose his spot in a couple of weeks. Also, we didn't talk about this a couple of weeks ago, but have you watched the, um, the Franklin Pele highlights package? Uh, I haven't. He didn't get named though. He's not even in the twenty-one. I don't give a shit. He's he's already my favorite player of twenty twenty-one. I don't care whether he doesn't even step on the field. That guy is a he just squashes beast. people, right? He's like one hundred and thirty kilos. Yeah, they said every time he goes to the gym, he puts on two kilos. Um, yeah. they had to stop him going to the gym. Yeah, he's probably the kind so, of guy that the game has gone past, though, right? Uh. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think there's still a role for for guys like that. Maybe. Um, All right. So that's the teams. Mm -hmm. We did say we're just going to quickly go through some of the the, um, center wing 
options. Yep. So I guess there's a few kind of different price points, right? So there's the cheapies mm-hmm. that pretty much everyone will have. So these are the guys like your Jason Saabs and your Tessie New and your Bailey Simonson. Mm-hmm. So I don't mm-hmm. think it's worth talking about them. You just, just get them into your team. Yep. Um, Dane Laurie's another one of them. Just get, get him in. But then yep. where it gets interesting is the like 250 to 350 kind of range. So yeah, popular guys in that range is like Fusatua, James Roberts. You mentioned Remus Smith. There's um, mm-hmm. there's Jermaine Asako. Obviously, there's, there's Charlie Staines that everyone has. This Let's start. I mean, we talked about Remus Smith. I've talked about Fusatua just being pretty average in the past, so maybe let's not talk about him. James yeah. Roberts. What are your thoughts yeah. on James Roberts? I think James Roberts is no longer has more speed than Oxford Street. Um, he looked very, very fast in the Tigers trial. Really? He looked like he was as fast as he's ever been. I just feel like James Roberts came off a couple of seasons with the Bunnies, who were a good team over that period, and he didn't average very much during that time. He's never been a particularly good super coach player. Look, in his, when he was at the Broncos, he was okay. He was fine. But that, that's like five or six years ago now. Like He has the, to... He has to score a lot of tries to be relevant. His his involvement is very low. Yeah, and the Tigers, so we got um, obviously Canberra round one, then who's next? Then the Roosters, then we have the Knights, who are quite good this year. Then we have the Eels. Like, that's a nightmare run. Yeah, he's got a bad run. Look, I completely agree. So what I would say about him is, they play round 13. Yeah. He's a center, which means, like, even though his involvement is bad, his involvement's better than, like, a really bad winger, typically, because mm-hmm. he'll make a few tackles. Mm-hmm. He'd look really sharp. So what you could do, I wonder if, like, Bailey Simonson, for example, who has a great early run, if he makes a quick, like, 100K, mm-hmm. um, you could almost trade them at price in, like, sort of round four or round five. Yep. As James Roberts comes into his good run, and mm-hmm. Simonson, like, you'll never want to play, so you'd want to get rid of him pretty quickly anyway. Yep. Um, yep. Agreed. Something like that. Like, it's a bit tricksy, but could work. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't, I don't really see necessarily starting with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know, I know yeah. what you're doing, by the way. Sorry? I know what you're doing. What do you mean? This, you're just setting yourself up to talk about Fergo for half an hour. Fergo. I'm glad that you brought up Fergo, actually, because I wasn't going to mention him. <laughs> there you go. Um, no, look, look, I had no interest in Fergo coming into the season until I saw Dylan Brown and Mitch Moses and Matto and Sean Lane switch sides. Because mm-hmm. everything was going down the left. Matto was just absolutely cock-blocking everyone on the right. Yeah. So we saw Fergo scored two tries last year. But now that they've swapped, like, I, I can only think that they've swapped because Brad Arthur's seen how bad the right side attack was and seen, mm-hmm. said that we've got to do something about it and we've got to get Fergo some ball. And his base was still good last year. Like, his base was, he had 30 in pure base and about 36 or 37 in base plus power. And he's priced at 40 because he just had those two tries. So he definitely yeah. has upside. The question is how much upside. Like, he would have to be, like, go back to scoring sort of 10 plus tries to be worthwhile to have that like 50 plus average. Yeah. And that's, that's pretty questionable. Look, we spoke about him late last year and we, we both said with that kind of try scoring run, the, yeah, the positive regression has, has to come in in 2021 and he, and he has to score more tries, but I don't know. The there's, just, well. there's just other options. Yeah. The so, draw's good. So they play the Broncos first up and we talked about how shit that Broncos team looks. Then Melbourne mm-hmm. at, at Bank West, which is a hard game. Then mm-hmm. I think in the third game they play the Tigers, and you know that um, BJ Lua has switched sides. Oh yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, BJ switched sides, so it's going to be the he's going to be playing against the Lua brothers, who like aren't exactly okay. noted defenders. In fact, I would go as far as saying BJ is the worst defender in the comp. Mm-hmm. And then there's a couple of decent games after that as well. I think there's Dragons or something in there. Yep. So his draw is very good. And at 350k, I can make a, an argument for him if you want to sort of a crack at a cut price kind of guy. But 
you said there were better options. What do you think the better options are at that price range? Uh, so Remus Smith is one that, that I would have preferred. I don't prefer him, but anyway, yep. What about Jermaine Zarco? No. But maybe maybe Cody Ramsey. And I know I don't I don't know that's that's a weird call considering how shit the dragons are, but I feel like he's just he may be more of a super coach player than, you know, hundred year old Blake Ferguson is. <laughs> oh, uh, like, yeah. how, how old is Ferguson? He's been around forever. He's like he's about to turn thirty one, I think. Far out. Um, um, there was there was somebody else. Well, there's Jake Averillo. Oh yeah, Jake Averillo. All right, so okay, so this is the question I was going to ask you before: Who is the one player you wanted to get into your team who you haven't been able to fit into your team? I'm pretty happy that I fit everyone in. I talked about Junior Paulo okay. before. Yeah. Um, David Fafita scares me a little bit. Yeah. Because, you know, if he does go on like a huge try scoring run. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like AJ Brimson, but mm-hmm. I've got Pat Nelson back there. Yep. But no one that much. Cody Walker is, is a bit terrifying not to have. Yeah. Okay. What about right. you? So the two for me were Avarillo. Um, yeah just because of the obvious upside for him. Um, the uh, One of the reasons why, why I didn't do it was just because I like, yeah, I couldn't make it work. But the other thing is that 10% of his points last year came from kicking, actually, and he might we expect that he's lost that um, to Flano. So, was, yes, while he is underpriced because he had a 55-minute average last year, uh, he also does lose a few points if he loses the kicking, and it's... You know, it is the Bulldogs. I'm, I'm going to keep an eye on him, and he, if he if he has sort of a, a shy run for a couple of weeks, I might get him into my team because that that five eight center switch is really really useful, and he is a super coach kind of player. Um, but yeah, he's one, and the other one who I haven't been able to squeeze back into my team for a week or two now was Jerome Hughes. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah, Jerome Hughes is. I like him as a little pod. I, again. The dead draw is not great early on, but um, mm. for an attacking player like that, but I like Jerome, Jerome Hughes. Um, so just back on the sentence, the, the other guy in that price range is Dylan Walker, and we, we've already talked about him. Um, I don't yeah. think the fullback spot does that much for him. What about Curtis Scott? <sighs> no, not even a little bit. I don't, why are you interested in Curtis Scott? Just because they've got a good draw. Yeah, and... You know, I think if 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 his defense can improve, maybe it's too late for that for him. But I mean, he is naming the starting team. So, one thing I would say about the Raiders, and this is probably the, re- the reason I'm shaking my head so much, yeah, they play a completely different style of football to every other team in the comp. And I was looking at some stats the other day, and they have like like some ridiculous amount of their tries came through the middle. Hmm. They just do not yeah. pass it to their backs. They're not interested in passing to their backs. Their backs do not touch the ball in attacking situations. They like they literally catch a cold. They play everything through the middle. So like nothing goes past Jack White and on the left and on the right. The right side doesn't get the ball very much because Jack uh, Jack White is the dominant half. Mm-hmm. Um, George Williams is better at passing the ball, and so the right mm-hmm. gets some ball when it goes that way. But it just it just never gets like it's just always in the middle. Yeah. Fair. So. Fair no Raiders outside backs. Of course, Simonson is cheap, so mm-hmm. you know you can throw him in there. So next, the next tier of center wings is the sort of well. I, let's just talk about the expensive ones. But let's start with Kurt Capewell. Is yep. he in your team? Yes, but in the second row. Right. Look at the moment. So Kurt Capewell, he only played six games last year, and he scored like three or four tries. Mm-hmm. So despite the fact that he only got like average like 50 odd minutes, I think you can make an argument that he's like almost fully priced. Okay. Depends how many, I mean, they've got a pretty early draw, like an easy early draw. So it depends how many mm-hmm. tries you think he's going to score. But um, his PPM historically was like hovering around 0.67. And last yep. year it was like close to one because of all those tries. Yep. 
So if he goes back even to like a 0.75 PPM and and let's say he doesn't play 80 with Liam Martin on the bench, mm-hmm. let's say he plays 65 minutes, mm-hmm. that gets you to an average of like 49, around 50. Mm-hmm. So at that price, it's not that enticing. Obviously, if he comes out and, and starts playing 80 minutes, he's almost a no-brainer and you probably have to get him in. Yep. Uh, but I'm going to wait and see to see what his minutes look like. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, look, the the assumption is that that uh, Kickout hasn't been playing 80 minutes um, or wasn't playing 80 minutes last year, so you think Liam Martin will take some minutes from there. And uh, Cleary already said that he'll also be rotating through the middle. So whilst it's possible that Capewell does miss out as well, it's also very possible that he does play 80. And like you said, if he does play 80, then he's a must-have in that position. He stabilizes your centers. I mean, I said I've, I've got him in the second row at the moment, but that's just how the chips fell, and I'll be moving him into the centers pretty soon. Um, he does stabilize that position if, if he can get those 80 minutes. There's not many other second row centers worth looking at. Um, so having having somebody like that would be, would be very handy. Yeah, it's true. I mean, the, the counterpoint... You're saying you don't have him? No, I don't have him. Okay. Like, as I said, I'm going to watch his minutes, and if if, yeah. if, if he gets 80, I'll get him in. Yeah, right. But I'm not interested in him at 65 minutes. And the counterpoint to that, to Kurt Capewell, is Brian Kelly. Mm-hmm. Because I reckon Brian Kelly, if he can pick up where he left off uh, last year, mm-hmm. um, he was basically producing second row forward base stats. Yep. Uh, so he's like, I'm just reading you a few figures. His base plus power. So wait, 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 wait. I want to talk about Brian Kelly as well, and I want to talk about Brian Kelly in comparison to Brian Toto, because some people might, well, a lot of people might only be able to get one and not the other, and they're pretty similarly priced. I want you to, I want you to keep talking about what you're going to say, but I just want to phrase this segment and call it the life of Brian, because I'm going to be talking about the two Brian's shortly. All right, keep going. Okay. <laughs> the life of Brian's. Yeah. So, look, anyway, yeah, we'll talk about killing, uh, sorry, Toto in a minute. Um, yeah. So base plus power is just base, base stats plus plus offwards plus tackle breaks, right? Mm-hmm. Um, round, what was it, 11 last year, listen to this for base plus power. 46, 63, 49, 66, 35, 60, 58. Yeah. Like, that's monstrous, right? That's, there's no yeah. attacking stats in that. That's just basically, like, his base stats. Yeah. It's an average of... It's in the 50s somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've got an amazing draw. So if he drags a few attacking stats as well, you know, you've got to think he's going to average 65 plus. Do you, yeah. Do you think he's hurt by... By the team having so many attacking options now, or having a lot more attacking options. So it's interesting, like that people say that. I mean, the short answer is no. What I think hurts guys is when you get guys that are like really ball hungry that do nothing. So guys that come to mm-hmm. mind are like a Matt Lodge or like a Moose. What's his name? Josh mm-hmm. McGuire. Like they yeah. hurt people because they just get the ball in every set and they do nothing and like that stagnates the attack. David mm-hmm. Fafita, we know, only gets the ball like eight or nine times a game, right? Yeah. Like, why would that hurt? Why would that hurt Brian Kelly? Because maybe he gets the ball at eight or nine times, you know, in attacking positions, whereas the ball may have gone to the left previously. Yeah. What? I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. Yeah. Okay. I don't think it hurts him. I mean, it's hard to know, but no. Sure and serious, no, I don't think so. I'd probably be more worried if they were on the same side, to be honest. Yeah, okay. All right. Talk to me about Brian Toto. Right. So these two players are, you know, within about $20,000 of each other. Brian Kelly is about five hundred grand. Brian Toto is about five hundred twenty grand. Um, yeah. They have both been featured as, as sort of the premium um, players in a, lot of, in a lot of teams. And they're both talked about as, you know, who will be the highest scoring center wing this year. Um, those are two of the names that come up a lot. Yep. So just some very quick stats, which which um, which will reinforce what you were just saying. So Kelly obviously had some games some games early in the year that he was starting off the bench, and then had a few games that he played on the wing as well. Yep. Uh, and he uh, had a 
Injury effect again. He had an injury effect again, that's right. So he ended up um, only averaging 71 minutes a game. Uh, so there's there's potentially, a, you know, at least a 10%, uh, 10% upside there just in terms of being on the field more, um, mm-hmm. which at his price might mean another, another, a $50,000 bump. Yep. Base PPM of 0.42, base of power, which is what you were highlighting of 0.59. Um, and he scored six tries across across sixteen games last year. Uh, Brian Topo, uh, in comparison, had a seventy nine minute average, so he basically played it played the full full game every game. Um, base PPM of 0.4, and I said Kelly was 0.42. Base and power of 0.56, and I said Kelly was 0.59. So Kelly's is slightly slightly higher, not a not a huge amount, but um, but obviously, like I said, he had only the 71 minutes. And in terms of tries, Toto also scored six tries, but he did it in 13 games as opposed to Kelly, who did it in 16 games. Now, the so the first assumption here is that Toto will score more tries than Kelly. Whilst, you know, both teams are meant to be pretty good this year, obviously you expect the winger to score more tries in a centre. Mm-hmm. Yep, very uh, so just how many tries? So I, I had a, uh, you know, I did have a quick look at, you know, the best center of a season. Like how many tries did they score? And I think last year it was someone like Lomax with eighteen tries, um, and then the, Crichton would have scored a lot. Yeah, Crichton was seventeen or eighteen as well. I can't remember. And then previous seasons, like just there was Latrell as the outlier and. And then everybody else, but but basically, you know, when you, when you look at the sort of top five or six try scorers every year, they're almost always a winger, um, and there might be one center sort of sprinkled in there. And the, and the top try scoring wingers usually score somewhere between twenty and twenty three tries a season. Yep. So can Tot or be that? Um, I think he can. So if he does get that that sort of twenty to twenty three tries. And Kelly, even having a good season as a centre, gets about 15 tries. Toto is the pick of the two, even though Kelly's the more underpriced at this at this point uh, at the beginning of the season. Um, so if I was to start with only one of those, it would probably be Brian Toto. Um, so hang on, even even accounting for Kelly's like. Because they're almost priced the same at the moment. So they're almost priced the same. But if so who do you think is going to score more, flat out? You think Toto is going to score more? I think Toto will score more because his base PPM and his base and power is not that much off Kelly's. He breaks a lot of tackles himself as well. Yeah, and, he does. And, and he, he does a lot of he does a lot of kick returns too. So he's just like a mini Mansell. He's going to take work off Mansell as well, as in. Staines isn't going to run the ball as much as Mansour did, so Tot was going to take up some of that work. So I think his his base goes up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so as well. I, basically, for me, I, I looked at him and and I figured if he scores at least probably five tries more than Kelly, then he's the pick of the two. And just looking at it, I think he's probably going to get maybe seven or eight tries more than Kelly. Now that's you know, that's a massive projection. But just just based on him being a, a solid candidate for top try scorer this year, I think it's going to be between someone like him and Johnston, um, and even Kelly having having a great year. I think will only max out around the sort of fifteen try mark. You know what my solution Which, is? What's your solution? Why not just have? Oh, a vote? well, yeah, the porque no los dos solution. Guess who else is on that train? Have you got both of them as well? Yeah, that's why I had to put Capel in the second row. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Look, I, th- I think I think the way the way a lot of people are going to build their teams is not going to be able to have both, and and having both of those guys in the center wing is, is spending a lot of money in that, in what is traditionally a cheap position. But um, yeah, I agree with you. I, th- I think both of those guys will be top four centers at the end of the year. So. So I'm happy to start with both of them. Yeah, so this is this is interesting, right? So this is gets to, to team build and strategy a little bit. The way that I've managed to fit in both and still have what I feel like is a pretty good team is by running mm-hmm. two NPRs. Right? Uh, so we don't have we don't have a single bottom dollar cheapie that's getting named, right? Which is unheard of. 
which is unheard of. There's no no guy at 173k that's that is getting named is going to get into any sort of consistent minutes. Yep. So by running two guys at bottom dollar, so I'm running Jock Madden and Ben Trevojevic, um mm-hmm. in the second row and and second half back spot. Mm-hmm. I'm saving money there. Yep. Um, instead of getting like a Tyrell Fuimono, who's like probably the next guy that I could have in my second row, for example, or getting mm-hmm. a, a Jamal Fogarty or a mm-hmm. Michael Morgan or something in, as my second half back. Yeah. I'm happy to run two NPRs. Mm-hmm. Um, in the past, you probably wouldn't do that if you could fill them up with those bottom door spots, but you can't do that. So I think there is actually quite a lot of value in having one to two NPRs this year just to save money and really mm-hmm. kind of like max out your 17 in terms of like scoring capability. Yep. So I, I think that's the way I've basically been able to afford both of those guys. And I've gone cheap in the hooker position as well. Yep. I'm I'm only carrying one NPR this year, um, which is Ben Trevojevic. Um But yeah, it is... I have never, I've never started a year with an with an NPR before, so it's a first for me. But as you said, it's it's pretty unheard of to not get um, somebody at a bottom price. So this is this is the year for the NPR. Yeah, that's right. And the other thing, like I just like to mention, like it is in some ways, it is a kind of trade off between points and making money. Mm-hmm. But the, the the but is that we don't make money for the first two rounds, right? Yep. So should you know, Fuimo Ono is a good example, right? Like. Should he go really well, there's nothing to stop me from from jumping on him before round three, before he gets his first price rise. And, like, you know, I'll have to downgrade somewhere else, but, you know, the chances of someone getting injured or a gun underperforming are very high, right? So, mm-hmm. like, I don't necessarily see that as a problem. Mm-hmm. So I don't necessarily see that I'm giving up money-making capability. I'm just not starting with it. I've got yeah, two weeks to, to jump on them if they're there. And if they're not, then... You know, if, if those guys like your Ryan James and your Fuma owners don't make money anyway because they they get shit minutes or whatever it is, then I'm not missing anything because yep. those guys aren't making money anyway. I've just got a stronger yep. 17 than everyone else. Yep. Yeah, fair enough. I think probably like two's probably the max, right? You probably wouldn't want more than two NPRs. Yeah, you, yeah, you screw your team too much. Yeah, I think that's right. That's right. Um, and then like if you have three, then it would take like lots of trades to start filling those guys those spots with guys that are going to play and make money. You don't necessarily want to be mucking around with that too much. Yep. Yep. Okay, cool. Um, can I just talk about one more comparison before we wrap it up? Please. So a lot of people have been talking up Josh Hod- Hodgson um, as an option, uh, even though, uh, what's his name? His name's on the bench. Um, so, Habili. Habili, that's right. Uh, the the chat is that uh, when Havili comes on, uh, Hodgson will stay on the field, and you know one of them will, will play the lock position. So so basically, Hodgson is expected to play eighty minutes, and because of that, a lot of people are getting into his team, into their teams. Um, I don't have Hodgson. I have Jaden Braley, and that's because I looked at the two of them in comparison, and decided that I think Braley is a better option. And I just want to quickly cover off why I think that's the case. So um, comparing these two guys, uh, so forget 2020, obviously, because there's a bit of a wash for for both of them, Um, 2019, 2018. So Braley had a PPM of 0.74 in 2019, and Hodgson had a PPM of 0.82. So on that basis, you take Hodgson, right? But then Mm -hmm. I look at their their, um, base PPM, and Braley's is 0.61, and as I said, his his total PPM was 0.74. Hodgson's mm-hmm. base PPM is 0.47, so it's much lower. He relies on attacking stats a lot more, and I thought, well, maybe maybe that's an outlier. So I look at 2018 as well by comparison. In 2018, they basically had the same PPM, uh, 0.69 for Braley, 0.7 for Hodgson. So you couldn't split them there. But again, Braley had a base PPM of 0.6, whereas Hodgson had a base PPM again of 0.46, so Hodgson's base is really, really low. He re- he really needs to be involved in the attack. And you did say, you know, Canberra keep the ball in the middle and they go a lot through the middle. Fine. But, you know, if he has if he strings a couple of games together without too many attacking stats, his price drops massively in comparison. I think they're both expected to play 80 minutes. So based on that, I think Braley's definitely the safer option. He's also a little bit cheaper. 
he yeah. was named he was named co-captain um, of the team. And the two games that he did play last year were both 80-minute games. So, so you know, whilst Kurt Mann sort of is floating around and once Blake Green comes back, Kurt Mann might, might be the utility off the bench, I don't think he's going to take minutes off Braley at Hooker. And that's the reason why I think he's the better option between the two. And they've actually got both got great draws, right? They do, yeah. Like Newcastle's draw is amazing. So is, like Canberra's is good too, but Newcastle's is probably even better. And the um, Newcastle pack is fantastic. Oh, you're so big on Newcastle. I think the, the Newcastle attack is like pretty average. The only thing I want to say about that, that comparison is, yeah, absolutely, Braley's got better attack, uh, base stats. Like you're not peaking Hodgson for his base stats though. Like, Hodgson had a year last year where he had basically no base stats. He had three try assists all year. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's the kind of guy that can go on a run of, get, like, getting crap loads of attacking stats, which I I don't necessarily believe Je- that Braley's that kind of player. So mm-hmm. I think Hodgson is certainly the riskier of the options, but potentially has more upside. But totally agree that, that Braley is, is both safer, and he's just going to bang out, like, 45 to 50 points every week, and that's... That's quite nice to have, whereas Hodgson's going to give you the odd, like, 32. Yeah, I, I to be honest, I think Braley's more going to bash out the sort of mid-50s. But, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, well, put it this way. Like I said, Braley's PPM is, you know, around that 0.7 mark. So that's 56. That's 56 points a game if you can do that. Yeah. Yeah, look, I, 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 I don't mind either of those options, to be honest. I can see arguments for both of those guys. Okay, cool. Uh, um, great. Shall we post our teams up on Twitter? Yeah, um, uh, we will post them probably tomorrow, right? Yep. Yep. All right, thanks very much. See you next time. See ya.